started test record. Test so, two? Test two? So it's not really showing volume. I mean, all that, yeah. I think, is controlled through here. So we can we would be able to turn down our volume after we're editing Okay. using... Why don't think we put this, this as the intro? Well, this? just this conversation we just this had. Right now? Just we <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, we can do that. You know what we can do? We can, I mean, I've been playing with it, we can do it, but to... I don't worry about it. Okay. I just want to make sure I get our Twitter handle right, so, because I'm going to mention that about 27 times. I got it, the role players The role players Check us out on Twitter, become our fifth follower, and uh, we will give you a... Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I am Arthur Mosley, along with my good friend Daniel Allen. Hello, hello. We are together, the role players, and this is a new podcast that uh, we come out with. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, materialized over the course of a few years, Daniel, if I'm not mistaken, where yeah. several text messages through text messages. several sporting events and bred an idea that, hey, we can do a podcast, any dummy can do it, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then it only took us like two years to finally get it going. But uh, uh-huh. here we are. We're here, season one, episode one. It is. I will go officially. ahead. I will go ahead and date this. It is August third. Mm-hmm. Start of football preseason's on. Mm-hmm. High school football starts in two weeks. Mm-hmm. College football in thirty days. College football camp started this week. Absolutely. So we've got a a lot of things underway, and and probably most importantly. Uh, the Amway co- coaches poll came out, uh, so this gave us gives us something to talk about right off the bat. So we're gonna jump right in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you are a fan of social media, you can certainly reach us on Twitter. We are that uh, hash. Uh, I'm sorry, the handle is at the role players one. That is at t h e. R O L E P L A Y E R S one. So, go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, like I said, we're actually looking to get up to ten followers uh, by the end of the year. Double so, digits so, is the goal right now. So, if you are feeling sorry for two middle-aged uh, <laughs> <laughs> Georgians, we would love to love to uh, have you follow us. But let's talk about the coaches. Uh, the coaches poll, and, and really today, uh, let me take a step back. We want to we want to talk about. Uh, we're going to review, preview the SEC, talk a little bit about the SEC and the coaches poll. Uh, and if we have enough time, we'll talk about the uh, NFL, uh, the AFC East, home of the defending yeah. NFL champions. Good place to start. And if we have time, we may have a, a wild card uh, with a special subject if we have time to get to that. Right. And so that will be, that's basically any topic that's not not necessarily tied into one specific sport or anything, just kind of whatever we feel like rambling about. Absolutely. So... Thanks again for joining us. The preseason poll is out, and is it any shock that Alabama <laughs> is number one? Shocking turn of events. That yeah, that that Bama's up there. Uh, the usual suspects. It seems like the last several years and the foreseeable future, Alabama and Ohio State are going to be right up there in the top three. And, and I, I, I tell you, Jimbo Fisher. And I know we're not talking about the ACC here, but Jimbo Fisher made a comment that probably. You know, stuck in a crawl, a lot of a lot of SEC fans at, at ACC Media Days saying that the ACC was the best conference, you know, home of the national champion, 
home of the Heisman Trophy winner. I look at this top 25 poll. I don't know it's preseason. SEC team has SEC has six teams in this in the top 25, while mm-hmm. the ACC has five. Um, most of the SEC teams are bunched up between 12 and 16 here, with mm-hmm. you know LSU, Auburn 12, 13, Georgia, Florida 15, 16, and then. Uh, somehow, I don't know if this is a typo, but Tennessee is here at 2024. 20, so either it's a really down year in college football or the champions of life have something going on that we yeah. don't know about. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I'm not sure how they snuck in there necessarily. I, I <laughs> guess there aren't any team, better teams that could be uh, – there's, there's not, what, 23 teams better than them. Um yeah, you look at that, there's six SEC teams, but you look at the top ten and you've got, what is it, four teams uh, in the Big Ten there in the in the top ten, only one SEC team. Of course, it's it's a very significant team. But the as far as the Big Ten, or the top ten, the Big Ten is very well represented there. Yeah, that's a uh, competitive conference, and I, I think you see uh, with the addition of, of uh, some top flight coaches, uh, uh, at least competitive at the top uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe enough to rival the SEC where you don't have a, a top heavy conference in the SEC. You got some good middle of the road teams. Um, you know, the, the big 10 has something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that'll be, that'll be a war there. The, the ACC going back to Jimbo, I, I would really probably agree with them last year that the, the ACC was better than the SEC because the SEC was just wasn't very strong. You had Alabama, and then the, the East as a whole was just very, very mediocre. Um, this year we'll see if it's any different, but it's kind of been for the last five or six years, it seems like it's kind of been the West carrying the conference, and, and nobody from the East has really done much. So I, I think it's kind of fair to say that, that the ACC was better last year. Uh, and that's coming from a Georgia guy, so I'm not biased. You may... I don't know your thoughts on that. Well, I, 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 I tend to agree. I think the SEC East has been down for a long while. Uh, it, it's kind of a who wants it, and I would almost compare it uh, maybe not from a talent standpoint, but uh, to the ACC Coastal Division where you have teams like uh, Miami, Virginia Tech, and uh, North Carolina kind of duking it out uh, year in and year out, and it's, hey, Whichever team ends up with a six and two record and not a five and three record wins that division. Uh, typically, you end up with a three way tie at five and three. And uh, at some point, um, uh, Georgia Tech, and I hate to say this, they will figure something out to surprise somebody and enough things will fall and they will win the ACC. Uh, ACC Coastal, excuse okay, me. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a division that like the SEC East and, and getting back to our point is uh, no one has, has taken the CZ opportunity to really be a dominant team. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that league is not necessarily a threat to the West. And when I say the West, we're really talking about Alabama, mm-hmm. Auburn a handful of years ago, but we're not, we're not talking about a perennial power coming out of the SEC East like the days of, of Steve Spurrier's dominance in the SEC. But even a, a team that dominant from that side, you don't have a, a Tennessee um, with a, a four-year Peyton Manning-type starter, and then uh, you know you don't have a, a Georgia kind of year in and year out right up there at the top. 
uh, three teams that should be dominating that, Georgia, yeah. Tennessee, uh, or mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, so that, that gives a team maybe like South Carolina an opportunity every now and then. But, gosh, uh, you know, Muschamp has a long way to go. Spurrier left the, the pantry pretty barren over there in Columbia. And uh, so maybe I, 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 I believe that this season will be much of the same in terms of the dominance of the SEC West over the SEC East. I think so. I think so, yeah. And it's really a shame for, for those teams in the East, particularly Georgia, Florida, and, and Tennessee, that nobody could really take advantage of it of it being so down and really be dominant. The fact that, that you know, Missouri won the SEC East, what, two out of the last five mm-hmm. years tells you a lot. And Florida, Florida, of course, won the last two years. They kind of backdoored in. And the trend since since 2012, I think, was the last real competitive SEC championship game. Um, but since then, it's just been the East goes there as a sacrificial lamb and just gets blown out. And hopefully this year, maybe they can change. Somebody can change that. At least make it competitive to where it's worth watching in, you know, from the second quarter on. But time will tell. You've got to... You know, being a, a Georgia fan, I've there's every summer and off season and preseason camp, you hear about uh, you know the, the the attendance at the voluntary workouts was at its highest. You know, the new strength coaches. You know, these guys. This everybody's clean. You hear all these cliches about how great you're gonna be, but as a Georgia fan, I've learned to wait and see, take a show me approach because until it happens, um, you know, I'm not gonna pound my chest and crow and you know crownless preseason national champs so one of these teams you think um has got to has got to step up and kind of take the lead role there and I think it really comes down to quarterback play because there really haven't been and Josh Dobbs was effective but there really haven't been any elite quarterbacks come out of the east in a long time well yet you have had some some guys that had the pedigree to be an elite quarterback uh I think specifically of a of Matthew Stafford and Aaron Murray, guys who coming in um, look like they could be guys that that would um, pan out. Uh, maybe not as much success as as Georgia would like, mm-hmm. and obviously um, with Easton coming in this uh, last season, uh, such high hopes for the true freshman. True freshman, though. But and we have to realize true freshman exactly. And, and you you look at. You know, we we can talk about Jalen Hurts and his numbers. Uh, you know, as a as a true freshman, probably not as good as he'd like to be, but that you know, that true freshman did some great things and put his team in a position. I thought to win a national title. Uh, he didn't give up a touchdown pass at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so but he's th- the exception and, to that. You and, know, and sure, he's 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 playing on a, on a team with with a bunch of defensive all stars that that help. Uh, Helped put him in great positions, and he made some some great plays. Easton made some great plays. I'm I'm looking forward to see what kind of progression he will make in year two. Obviously, he's got two big weapons back uh, in uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And I thought I saw something on Twitter today saying that Michelle was taking some snaps out of wide receiver today. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how um, how the Bulldogs' offense really puts puts all these tools um, on the field at the same time because I think they're in line to have a potent offense. 
uh, this season. They, all the uh, to me the, the the tools are there, the keys are there. Will it come together? Is 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 this a a season that the quarterback play, the wide receiver play, and the running back play all match up at a high level week in and week out? Yeah, I think the key it's, to me will come down to the offensive line. Obviously, he's in taking the next step and, and the improvement you'd expect from year one to year two. But the offensive line has been a problem for a long time at Georgia. And last year, I think, was about as bad as I've ever seen it. You lose three starters off of that line, but you can't necessarily say that's a, a, a terrible thing when one of them you know, was a transfer in from Rhode Island who was your best starting left tackle last year. If the O-line can improve, which Sam Pittman, the coach, is considered to be one of the best in the country, um, then I think, yeah, I think it could be very potent. The, the other key that's been missing for Georgia's offense really for the last six or seven years was not having a, a an elite wide receiver because since A.J. Green came through, there hasn't been an elite – you knew very much talent at all at the receiver positions. You've had some quality guys like Chris Conley and, and Michael Bennett, Tavares King, but no no guy that's going to go out there like a Calvin Ridley or, or that you, you'll worry about him and, and is going to keep defensive coordinators up at night. So I think there's a lot of talent there this year. I don't think – necessarily there's going to be a, a first rounder come out of that group but there should be enough to to make the passing game a real threat and take some pressure off of uh chubb and michelle because last year they you know just put eight in the box and sit and sit back and none of none of our guy when your best receiver is five foot seven 165 pounds that's a you know that's telling about what you've got out there in the threat so that that's two keys to georgia this year i think offensively Offensive line, of course, and then who's going to step up at wide receiver. Well, the good news for Georgia is they open up with uh, Appalachian State. and Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Appalachian State has, you know, a history of, of obviously the upset over Michigan. And then last year, I believe they took Tennessee to overtime. They, um, they did take Tennessee to overtime, but this is the same team that also got trounced by University of Miami team who was in, in Boone. So I, I – I, I, th- I think that Kirby Smart will have his team prepared. I, you know, Appalachian State coming to Sanford Stadium in between the hedges. It, I'm not saying this game is going to – it's it's not your it's not your Georgia Tech-Mercer football game, mm. uh, but I do believe uh, this game is over uh, with about 7.02 left in the second quarter. Bulldogs uh, uh, turn up the heat. It's 28-3, and they cruise to a victory. Um, should be, should be. Uh, hopefully, they're not looking ahead to Notre Dame and you know come out and sleepwalk. That's one thing that that you can showing up prepared is, is a thing that last year you know Ole Miss we came out and just got waxed right out of the gate. Nichols we played you know that was a very close, easily could have lost that game. So that's one key for them that I'm looking for as a Georgia fan this year is is to come out prepared from the get go. You know, interested and throttle these teams that you're supposed to. Now we mentioned um, Georgia coming out from the get-go. I want to I want to kind of switch if we can to talk about uh, what I feel is Georgia's biggest rival, and I only feel this way because I grew up in this state, and that's the state of Florida. Uh, that does not make me a Gator fan. That makes me a Gator hater. Um, and you mentioned Notre Dame, a, a Notre Dame transfer into the University of Florida, Malik Zaire. 
We are still trying to figure out if the Gators can throw a forward pass. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most impressive feats to have really a struggle at the quarterback position in Florida and still be back-to-back SEC East champions. So I know we talked about this a little bit before pre-show. If if McIlwain can work magic one more season, I, I, I I have to believe he is the SEC coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about the Florida Gators coming in ranked number 16th, one spot behind uh, behind Georgia in the coaches poll. I I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I I believe in their defense. I, I read earlier this week where McIlwain was able to get a five star uh, quarterback into camp. Uh, that that that's coming next season. So. Uh, you know, you've got Antonio Callaway back as a wide receiver, but they also, uh, you know, have a big, big gaps to fill on the defense side of the football. Yeah, huge. Uh, so you're not going to have that uh, that Gator defense, which was really the backbone of of how they managed to win back to back national. Uh, I'm sorry, SEC yeah. championships. <laughs> national SEC. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, and yes, a yes. lot of people are waiting to see because people have kind of thought that that McIlwain was doing it and winning on the back of Muschamp's players, you know, because he brought in, I mean, he didn't win very much, you know, like he should have there. But that dude can recruit, and he brought in a ton of talent, especially defensively. Now, obviously, he didn't do much in the way of quarterbacks or offense, and that got to run out of town. But defensively, they they have been loaded, and those guys, the Muschamp guys, are pretty much gone now. So it's it'll be and and McElwain, he's won these two years in a row, but he he is not he doesn't have the reputation of elite recruiter. He hasn't exactly been, you know competing putting together top five classes for them so it's going to be a real a lot of people are waiting to see what he can do now that those guys are Muschamp's guys are gone and whether he can keep that up or if he was just riding the coattails with you know riding that talent that Muschamp brought in we'll see we'll see you're right Malik Zaire basically walks in and takes over that position um you would think so I don't know if they've made it official yet I know Felipe Franks is a uh, a second-year guy who a lot of people, he was a five-star, a lot of people expected him to be the starter this year until Zaire came in. And uh, like you, you said, they got a five-star quarterback from California, Matt Corral, that just committed to them. So they've got some potential um, in the future, but it's all about this year and, yeah. and what Zaire can do. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we, it, it's hard to say we get rid of McIlwain. He's won back-to-back SEC titles. I, I don't know if that's a coach on the hot seat just yet. Uh, we will know how good the Florida Gators are coming out of the gate in week one as they take on the Michigan Wolverines in Arlington, Texas, and Jerry World. Uh, I, I believe that Florida is a better football team than Michigan. Um, but what I believe and what happens on the field is two different things. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'll get a little insight as to, as to if, if Zaire is the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is dialed in, if if he and Callaway can make connections, uh, we a lot a big question mark with Florida. But the beauty of it is, is they play in the SEC East, like we mentioned before. So, uh, you know, they 
this is a non-conference game. It's, it's great to, to go up against some stiff uh, competition week one to really kind of gauge where you are nationally for the Florida Gators. If you're a Gator fan, you, you know, I appreciate the SEC coming out of conference and playing some big games in the first two weeks of the season mm-hmm. uh, to, to really showcase their conference, uh, which, which for the longest time has been a conference of dominance. Uh, and, and I know a lot of that has to do with Alabama, but at, at, from top to bottom, this has been one of the best conferences over the last 12, 15 years. Yeah, if you don't believe it, just ask any SEC fan, and they'll they'll be willing to tell you <laughs> over and over and over again, you know, with a chance. So, so uh, you know, but big big date. I, and one of the games I, I highlighted for for Florida in conference game, and this this game got a lot of. Uh, press uh, last season it had to be rescheduled LSU Florida mm-hmm. and you know the two ADs kind of got after each other yeah two, a little feud two little fe- administration feud there that was good to see to spice things up a little bit it is I think uh, I think Florida really wants to get one over on LSU I think they'll have a good chance to have the when they host the uh, the Bengal Tigers down in the swamp on October 7th ought to be a, a, a good tilt Obviously, we, we talked about, we, we, we know for sure the Georgia-Florida weekend, probably a bigger game, in my opinion, for the Bulldogs and the Gators, uh, just psychologically getting over that Florida hump. Mm-hmm. I, I think if, if, if you have a quarterback like Eason who may be around for another year, great opportunity to get him get a win this year mm-hmm. and, and get some momentum, maybe a little more momentum back in this series to swing back uh, north of the St. Mary's River mm-hmm. and to the state of Georgia. Uh, I, I feel like uh, this game has been a, a opportune time for Georgia to get right against Florida for the past two or three years. I don't think they've really taken no, advantage of their opportunities. No, have not at all. And it, that's that there's, there's some sort of voodoo down there, any Georgia fan can tell you, in, in Jacksonville that for some reason they come out and it just seems like they're mentally – Florida just seems to have an edge. Now, no, we we want Georgia. Sorry, I keep saying we. That's fine. Um, won three in a row with uh, against them just several years ago. But even then, you know, the last few years, Florida's gotten back and won games that on paper you thought Georgia should, especially in 2015 when we were, I think we were favored by 17 points, something like that, and just got waxed. So that's at some point you've got to turn the tide in that series and get over that you know that get that monkey off of your back it could be this year um that'll go a long ways to deciding who wins the east in my opinion because i think it's a two-team race but yeah you're right it that that's the the game of the year as far as the east is concerned in my opinion all right let's let's keep moving uh i want to talk about the second best team in the state of tennessee and that is the tennessee volunteers uh (laughs) And and I'm sorry if we have any Tennessee fans. You you along with Georgia Tech fans will be the butt of many of my jokes. The great thing for you is you all will play on Labor Day weekend. Tennessee and Georgia Tech here in Atlanta, Monday, September fourth. It'll be a matchup uh, that if the ACC wins, they will toot and tout their horn that they are the best conference. And if the SEC wins, so what? You beat Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a no win no win situation right there. And as a as a Georgia fan, that's a game that I really don't, you know, there's there's no winners in that one. It, from this point of view, um, you don't like to see either team win. I, I personally think that Georgia Tech is going to win that game. I think that they'll they'll come out and and win, but rather comfortably, I think. But we'll see. Well, 
Tennessee, uh, also known as the Champions of Life, well, mm. I, well, I don't think they won the SEC East. They they did win the Champion of Life trophy. So, uh, to that's, your point, that's, that's that's bigger and more important though, than is. any any on field. Can we just have a moment here? Do yes. we need to hug it out? Yes. Everybody, I need everybody listening to us right now to take and three, two, one. We're gonna hug it out. Three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you guys for letting allowing us to to <sighs> exercise our champ, our champion yeah, of life yeah. moment. Yeah, I'm just trying to. You know, you've got a five star heart. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm working on it. You <laughs> would be the perfect Butch Jones, Tennessee volunteer for Butch Jones. Absolutely not. Let me tell you why. Because if you don't win, you get fired. Okay, <laughs> that's that's all it is. So Butch, it's it's great, and I do believe that coaches uh, are, are are some of the most influential and important. Uh, people in the development of young athletes, male or female, uh, but they pay you to win. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a this is a business. As much as they want to say college sports is amateur, all right. And championships mean things. Mm-hmm. Winning games mean things. Losing to Vanderbilt means things. Means uh, yeah, yeah, means a whole lot. I I just saw a shirt yesterday, a Vanderbilt shirt that. That had the state of Tennessee on it and said our state uh, on game days and and other day I can't remember exactly what the phrase was basically on game days and every day. Um, so the the Commodores are proud there in Tennessee. They've got their heads held high. The, Butch has kind of his comments have kind of embodied what you know a lot of people complain about that now the syndrome of everybody gets a trophy. That's basically what he what he's been saying, and he's been talking about. He keeps bringing up. You know what, where they were before he got there, and what under Dooley, and you know, well, eight wins three years in a row that hadn't been done in a long time. And we've been in a bowl game three years in a row that hadn't been done in a long time. Well, that's great. Uh, that if you're, you're Kentucky, <laughs> that's great that you're holding your your. Those are your expectations to be slightly better than you were three, four years ago. That's that's wonderful, but. You know, you were you were hyped up. You and he builds up the hype. You know, he encouraged that. And last year they come out and, and beat Florida and Georgia, and absolutely throw away a an easy walk into Atlanta. And, and they should have won the SEC East. And he finds a way to ruin it, and you know, and to to blow it all. So so he is on a very a very warm seat there, and as well he should. You know, you you can't keep selling for the longest time. He talked about how young they were, and they're the youngest team. And then he he. He has a tendency to come up with excuses, and and I, I saw a report late last year that got a lot of Tennessee fans very riled up. Um, basically, he was talking about anonymous sources in, one of the, in the Tennessee program, and one of the things they said is that Butch comes across as a very insecure, uh, very insecure man, and, and that seems to, to show itself when he comes out and says things like, you know, get defends the program and says things like champions of life and and five-star hearts and all of his cliches that he endless supply it seems like that he spits out more than anyone and doesn't seem aware that he's doing it and uh i don't think it's it's really endearing him to tennessee fans either i know a good many of them that are that are kind of over his his pitch you know his his sales job that he's been doing for several years now that hasn't won them any hardware well, uh, uh, Butch Jones, the snake oil salesman in Tennessee, 
Moving right along, and I know we're, we're eating up a lot of time here. We want to make sure we, we touch everybody, maybe not as in-depth as the first three teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to talk about, let's skip down uh, to the best team in Tennessee, the Vanderbilt Commodores. One thing I do want to mention about them, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just make sure you remember this name, Ralph Webb. Okay, this guy with a thousand yard season at Vanderbilt puts him over and ahead of Bo Jackson, and mm. with 1,300 yards would make him the number two all time rusher in the SEC. Uh, I think enough to make the Commodores a threat, especially in that Tennessee game, mm-hmm. and enough to make the, to to keep them around, and probably in some games they shouldn't be around in. Yeah, and Derek Mason has done a heck of a job up there. And, uh, you know, he had a reputation as a defensive coach, but he's gotten it done on offense. You know, Kyle Shermer's a solid quarterback, and like you said, Ralph Webb is an explosive player. He's, he's fun to watch. He's a little guy, but he, he, can, do some, he can do some magic uh, when you get him the ball. And he, he showed it time and time again last year. I didn't realize those, those stats that he was that – he'd done that much. And you, you think about doing that with very little um, of a passing threat, and that <laughs> – that's impressive. You know, last year I remember that their game against Tennessee where it was a close game and then they just blew it open and uh, and, and ran away with it. And Tennessee fans, I'm, I'm sure, are trying to forget that. But you're right. I think Vandy has a chance to to kind of sneak up and, and knock off some of these teams um, this year on the schedule and, and possibly have a, you know, make a bowl this year. Okay, that that's that's probably about as much as I, time I want to spend on the Commodores. Not more Vanderbilt. No more Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, we I, I do want to just mention Missouri. Uh, they do return a quarterback, Drew Locke, uh, have a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver, mm-hmm. Demaria Crockett and Jamor Jamon Moore. Excuse me. Uh, so so a great offense, and they averaged five hundred and one yards a game last season. Um, but they've had back to back losing seasons. Uh, uh, you know, they were 4-8 and eight, uh, last season with, under Barry Odom. Uh, is there any reason to be excited about Missouri at all? I can't can't see them as much of a threat, no. I think maybe they have more to be excited about in basketball this year than, than football. So, no, no, that's about all I have to say about Missouri. And then, uh, and, and I'm sure I'll get some flack from my friends over in the Palmetto State uh, and in the Bluegrass State, but we're looking at the bottom dwellers of the SEC East, in my opinion, uh, South Carolina and Kentucky. And I, I will tell you, Kentucky, and I'm sorry, I'll start with South Carolina. Uh, will Muschamp uh, uh, bringing in, and, and the news I keep hearing is, hey, Will Muschamp got an uh, Auburn transfer, uh, you know, an Auburn uh cornerback kind of come in to to his fold after junior college and I was like hey that's great what's one cornerback going to do for the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, Daniel what are your thoughts on South Carolina they he was not he did not inherit the best situation obviously with with the staff Spurrier that did amazing things for South Carolina but then seemingly mailed it in uh, recruiting and then obviously just stopped <laughs> decided to stop coaching in the middle of the year um, they were surprising last year to me. You know, the um, what they did in some of the games they won, they beat Tennessee. They uh, And Jake Bentley looks looks like a very good young quarterback. We'll, we'll see this year, you know, if they can take that next step. I, I don't see – I mean, I could see – I could see them winning six or seven games, and, and I think that would be a good year for them. 
Um, this year, I don't think they're quite ready. He's recruiting. He's recruiting fairly well and and better than than Spurrier did for several years. So we'll see what he can do with that with that uh, improving talent. And I I think it just really comes down to with him. You know, they're going to be solid defensively um, as long as he's got talent there. So it's it's all offense is what got got him fired in Florida. So we'll see if he's learned learned from his mistakes there and and how they are offensively. I think they'll be solid, and I think they'll be in most games that they're in, and and they'll be a tough team this year and and see some improvement. Um, Kentucky, you know what? They were second last year in the East, weren't they? I believe they tied with Tennessee um, for second in the East last year. I don't know. Uh, you know that doesn't really do anything for you this year they could sneak up but i'm i'm with you i've got them down at the bottom of of the east and not really making any noise so look it's a uh calipari's uh, not is not coaching he's not it's mark stoops that's coaching and 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 not bobby stoops from oklahoma but mark stoops and and not to take anything away from stoops uh did a great job coaching defensive backs for one of my favorite teams miami hurricanes in their 2001 national title uh class Uh, did pretty good work out at arizona uh, but Kentucky is a not a football team school. No. Excuse me, no. they are a football team, not a football school. And anyone who begs to differ, uh, you can follow us at the Role Players One, and we can have as much discussion about the um, about the about the Kentucky Wildcats. And actually, I think we just had a fact check: the Kentucky Wildcats finished fourth, tied for second. Tied for second. I'm sorry. Tie for second, just fourth because of the alphabet, uh, the alphabetical order. So overall, four and four, overall record was four was not solid at seven and six, but in the SEC East, that'll get you second place. I'll tell you what, the East. Uh, oh my goodness. Tell you what, we'll talk about more more about Kentucky when when February and March start rolling around. Oh. So if there's any Kentucky fans listening that think, hey, you didn't spend enough time. Um, my Wildcats, um, give us, you know, five or six months, and when basketball season kicks up, we'll have plenty to, to talk about Kentucky, I Absolutely. think. This is just – this isn't really your time of year. Not at all. Are you ready to move on to the West? Let's do it. All right. We're, we're going to go straight through right to the SEC West. We'll start at the top. And, and some of the most preposterous things we've been hearing on, on social media, and, and this is really just from fans, is that, is that Jalen Hurts would not be the starting quarterback – in 2017. Uh, <sighs> uh, it, sometimes the Alabama rhetoric uh, for those of us outside of the Yellowhammer State is over and over and overkill. Uh, you know, congratulations, Alabama and Nick Saban, for all the wonderful things you have done for the state of Alabama. Uh, you, you, uh, Raise the national profile of that state Absolutely. significantly. You, you, you've done great things. Uh, Jalen Hurts obviously needs to improve as a passer, but I thought his decision-making was serviceable enough uh, to put his team within one touchdown of winning a, a second a consecutive national title. Well, he came down and, and won the game, and with two minutes left, he came down, had that 30-yard rush, and put them ahead and said, okay, here you go, Saban and Pruitt. Your defense has got a chance here to seal this for us. Just keep them from going 80 yards. So so he did everything he could there late in that game. Um, and, and people really, some people really think 
that he's not good enough to start now, and a, a, a true freshman from Hawaii is going to come in and be a better option for you. Yeah, I'm, I, and and no offense to Tua from from Hawaii, I'm I'm not quite sure the level of competition he's going up against week in and week out compared to what Hurts did in the state of Texas in high school. And obviously Jalen Hurts with a year of of SEC football experience, and not just SEC football experience of. Of, of college football playoff experience, of that national title game experience. Hopefully for Alabama, he makes those strides that make him a better passer. We've obviously we've already seen what he can do with his legs, and he's a very impressive runner, um, great vision. Um, and, and sure, his passing leaves some to be desired. Uh, he is not uh, – not Drew Brees. He's but. not Drew Brees by any stretch of the imagination, and and probably not. You know, he's, he, he maybe he's better than Malik, Malik Zaire, but but he's not Jacob Eason, right? Not not that drop. Hey, back. his stats last year for a freshman were as good as you'll see from a true freshman, and he set some Alabama offensive records. Um, he could see improvement in his accuracy and you know completion percentage, things like that, which I think you'll see. But there is nothing that I could possibly look at that would lead me to say they'll be better they would be better off with him on the bench and two out there that's just to me that is insanity i know the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy on any team you know to a fan base but come on and and help me out with this alabama is not a pass first offense if if i can recall and maybe they a little bit more under kiffin but uh you know you got Brian DeBall coming in um, as the as a coordinator, but don't forget Big Bo Scarborough's back there at running mm-hmm. back in a in a long line of uh, ball control, impressive Alabama running backs. And when I say impressive, at least at the collegiate level. Uh, and, and Scarborough did some damage. I think as the season wore on, that that big body wore on defenders, and was to, to me a very impressive mix of a lot of power and a little bit of speed. Uh, a lot of people think that, that his injury is what lost that game for him, that if he had stayed in that game, because he was running all over Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he went down, there was a, it was a big shift in the momentum, and you could tell. And a lot of people think that he'll that he was, you know, the reason that they lost that, his injury. And I've seen him on preseason Heisman polls, and you're right. He, he looks he like a Derrick Henry clone. He looks the exact same, and they seem to just – go out and find these giant bruising running backs with speed that come out and they just wear on you and wear on you. You know, you had, I remember 2012, the SEC championship against Georgia. Georgia got out to a lead and in the fourth quarter, Alabama just about ran it every play with Eddie Lacy and just completely wore down the defense. And that's, you're right, that's been their bread and butter. It's They haven't been a team that's needed to come out and throw the ball 30, 40 times to win games. You just for from their quarterbacks, it's it's don't turn the the ball over, you know, and 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 don't lose the game for us. You know, when Greg McElroy and John Parker Wilson and AJ McCarr and all these guys, you know, none of those guys were flashy or or put up huge numbers, but they they don't really need to. Well, there are two teams that, in my opinion, will give Alabama trouble this year. Uh, first one is against uh, their opening opponent, Florida State Seminoles. Uh, will be played here in Atlanta. And the second is uh, my uh, my kind of sleeper pick to win the SEC West, the Auburn Tigers. Mm. There has been much ado about Jared Stidham in Auburn. 
mm-hmm. transferring in from Baylor, just a few numbers and, and kind of and, and what I would consider some limited action, 68% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, two picks, and that Baylor high-powered offense under our, uh, the disgrace, Disgraced if, if I may exile. say, our, the exiled Art yeah. Browse. Um, you know, they get uh, Cameron Petway and, and Kerryon Johnson back at, at quarterback. Will Gus Malzahn turn up the heat at Auburn and let and really let Stidham go? Do they have enough weapons on the edge uh, for him to complete 68, 70% of his passes and with a great, you know, uh, six, you know, six touchdowns to one pick ratio? Yeah, he's he's got uh, I think they do. I mean, they've recruited very well at receiver. They should have weapons on the edge. I've heard a lot of people talk um non-Auburn fans talk about, well, he's getting all this hype. He's just Jeremy Johnson 2.0, but you can't compare. There's nothing to compare him to Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy Johnson had very little experience. He came in and mop-up duty, basically. Uh, Stidham's proven it at a Power 5 conference that he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, he might not win the Heisman, but he should be very effective, and he's definitely an improvement over what they've had recently. Um especially last year where they were at one point in the Clemson game shuffling a different quarterback in every play, rotating Sean White, uh, Jeremy Johnson, John Franklin. So he should be a a big upgrade for them at that position, which was really their weakness last year. I know they lost some on defense, but I'm I'm with you. I think they could really push Alabama for for the West. And I've seen several national guys that have – projected Auburn to win the the West and the SEC so we'll see it's Gus his seat is 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 very warm you would think but he could do a lot to um a lot to improve his his job security if he comes out and and Stidham is as good as advertised and they you know compete for the West and possibly win the West one one of these days, I would love to have an Auburn fan tell me wh- which one of the mascots is a correct mascot for Auburn. Is it a war eagle or is it a tiger? I'm trying to plainsman could be the plainsman. It could be the war they, eagle tiger plainsman. They they it's it's like puppy baby monkey. <laughs> yes, it's a hey. I've never gotten a clear answer from that uh, on that from from any of them. So good luck getting that. But but hey, um, I guess the more mascots, the merrier. There we go. Let's talk about, speaking of mascots, uh, Mike the Tiger, uh, probably one of the best mascots in the country in college football. Let's talk about LSU, and, and the buzz I've been hearing about LSU really has not been from a head about uh, shirtless Ed Orgeron. Uh, it has been about his hire for offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, who did some amazing things with a, uh, a quarterback out of my hometown up in Pittsburgh, uh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, put up some big, big numbers at Pittsburgh. Uh, well, they couldn't stop anybody. That's not his job. He uh, he comes in highly touted. Can he get Etling to be productive? Do they have enough weapons on the around the edge so that Darius guys can get loose and, and teams not have to stack eight men in the box? Yeah, that, and that's been their their kind of their their weakness for as long as I can remember. There is the, is the quarterback play. They had one year with Mettenberger, but it's it's uh that's the that's the question for them offensively he certainly has a resume that's that's very impressive and i think orgeron that's that's bold to me for lsu you're lsu you're a very high profile and in one of the most talent rich states 
in the country that typically most of the top players in Louisiana stay at home. It's very hard to get somebody out of there. So for them to 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 go with Ed Orgeron, who's never had much success as a head coach, to me that was bold. I thought they could have gone out and gotten somebody better. But he will see he could prove us all wrong. We'll see. And you're right, it'll come down to me to the offense because they're always gonna have a ton of talent on defense, be super athletic, super physical. Um, you know, Arden Key, and then their secondary is tough. So it's it's going to come down to how many points can they score, and like you said, how much pressure can they take off of Darius guys because everybody knows how good he is. Well, I, I've got a game marked on my, my calendar, and I, I, people are going to call me crazy for this. September 23rd, the Syracuse Orangemen come into LSU and upset alert. You heard it first. Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse Orangemen will upset the LSU Tigers. <laughs> on September 23rd, and we can talk about how great the SEC is. I'm not going along is. with you on that one there, buddy. I'm, that's, that is a, a, so, the boldest of bold. Poor, bartender, pour me another uh, Reformation <laughs> start, please. Syracuse, going out on the ledge in the first, in the first episode, are, are taking some, some wild shots here <laughs> from, from downtown. Or you, you could prove to be a genius. And, um, yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that one. Uh, we we move from LSU and and from LSU we can kind of go several different ways. It, I I think it goes downhill fast. We you you know talk about probably Coach Hot Air Brett Bielma uh, in Arkansas, who's actually done a serviceable job in Arkansas. I I don't really know what he expects uh, as a I don't know what Arkansas Razorback fans expect as a successful season. Uh, I think uh, I'm looking at a line here. We're talking about uh, over under at six wins for Arkansas. Is that acceptable? Has Bielma done enough to keep his job? Um, or is he just uh, a, a walking bag of hot air again, similar to the mold of uh, maybe he's a the, the man's version of Butch Jones? <laughs> talk, talk about a man who most closely resembles his, his team's mascot. But, yeah, they – it's, it's tough to say what their expectation is. Here's one thing I'll say about them, and, and this goes for pretty much every team in, in the SEC, as long as Saban's at Alabama, is I don't see – I don't think you're going to knock off Alabama running a, a strict pro-style offense, especially the style that Arkansas is running. Just get up and pound the ball, pound the, pound the ball, pound the ball. That's, that's not a formula – for beating Alabama that anyone's really been able to do. LSU has had the most success with it. But I'm not sure in this day and age, I think you'd have a lot more success doing what, you know, some like Texas A&M has done, Ole Miss has done, you know, going to Auburn's done, going to, you know, more of a spread offense, gimmick offense, as opposed to saying, hey, our offensive line is huge. We're just going to get up and run the ball down your throat and expect to win more than six or seven games. Well, the the good news for Arkansas, Austin Allen comes back as the as their starter, sixty one percent completion percentage, thirty four hundred yards, twenty five touchdowns, fifteen picks. Um, but the bad news is Bielma's mark as a head coach at Arkansas is under five hundred, twenty five and twenty six, and ten and twenty two in the SEC. Uh, does that trend continue? I believe so. I I believe they're right at that six win mark. Have fun with that, Razorbacks. Yeah. Yeah, it could be worse. You could be Ole Miss. Well, we'll talk about hot seat. Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. There's a situation I, I can't explain. It. Does, does he have his his uh, his administration's backing? Does he not? Is he a guy that can win? 
I think he absolutely can. It's just a matter of, and he's gotten off to some great starts, it seems, every year, and then just inexplicable losses. Well, they've got, uh, you know, uh, Christian Kirk at wide receiver is coming back. Um, he, uh, that's great, 928 receiving yards, kind of an electric player. But uh, three of their four top receivers are gone. Um, and also one and who's going to throw it to him? Who's throwing it to him? And Miles Garrett, the best defensive player last season, leaves early to go to the NFL, and rightfully so. Miles Garrett leaves early. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think this is Kevin Sumlin's last year at A and M. I would agree with that. I would agree with that also. I don't. I don't think. I, I think maybe seven wins, maybe to, uh, about where they'll be. And he, he's had talent. You know, he's had plenty of talent. As we we. Saw number one pick, you know, he had Johnny Football. Um, but they're just, you know, they've had some strange situations with quarterbacks. You know, Kyle Allen was in there. Um, and who I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the other guy uh, that, that came in, the other five-star quarterback that transferred out. But both their quarterbacks leave. And there's just some strange, you hear you hear rumors about, uh, about Sumlin and maybe his late-night activities and, and things, you know. It's just it's a strange situation, and and he for a while there it looked like he was going to be the hottest, the hottest thing in coaching, and and you know, they were gonna they were gonna win the West a few times, and he thought his his star was rising, but for whatever reason I don't think we'll ever really know. It just hasn't it just hasn't worked out, and I'm with you. I don't think he'll be around next year. All right, and then we will uh, end the SEC West with what I feel are the two bottom feeders and, and pick these one and two, uh, the Ole Miss Rebels and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And I, I, I for the life of me, I can't the, as a matter of fact, I can remember the last time the Mississippi State Bulldogs were relevant, and I feel like in my lifetime it wasn't as recent as Dan Mullen, but it was when DeCenzo Miller was playing running back in the mid to late 90s. Uh, that's not happening right now. Uh, the Bulldogs do have uh, Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback. Um, you know, Ole Miss, we can talk about these two teams at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm over the land shark defense. I am so glad. I'll be so glad uh, when that term is retired. Uh, I, w- I will also be so glad to not have to hear post-game press conferences where a head coach who's so blatantly cheating and recruiting and just kind of a, a dirty guy comes out and talks about his faith and integrity and how they're doing things the right way. I don't think I've ever seen a coach deserve what he's gotten more than Hugh Freeze. But you're right. What uh, uh, Just a few years ago, weren't they? They were both uh, – they were top three at one point when Dak was there. Mm-hmm. And they have – Quite a fall from grace for those two programs. Absolutely. And, and at least give Mullen credit. He, he's done it the right way and tried to run a clean program, and he has. Um, I have no sympathy whatsoever for anyone at Ole Miss, the administration, the players, the, the coaches, anyone for, for what they've done and kind of enabling Hugh Freeze and, and that whole situation. So um, don't don't really have anything positive to say about Ole Miss, and I – Honestly, couldn't care less uh, how their season goes. Well, the the, uh, the 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 positive thing is you get quarterback Shea Patterson coming in. Uh, he is a five star recruit, believe it or not, and I believe he's a he heck is, of a player. Believe yeah. he is sticking around uh, in Ole Miss. I I uh, but 
thereon they self-impose sanctions no telling what else is coming that program is in a bit of disarray right now his checks might still be cashed though that you know to keeping him around his uh his additional stipends that he that he got for signing there so maybe that's maybe that's keeping him around well uh, Daniel, do you want to get into your SEC predictions? I know we're we're kind of bumping up against time. I don't think we will have a chance to get to the uh, in, uh, the AFC East. Uh, Are you it, telling me that that these fans here around us don't want to hear about the New England Patriots? I I did you is it, is it twenty eight minutes to three o'clock right now? I, yeah. Is that what you're telling uh, me? Two thirty-two will forever be a cursed time in the, in the state of Georgia. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, we'll spare them the. Um, we can spare them the the Patriots talk, the the AFC East talk for this episode, and and just just put that behind us, and they can live, you know, as if it never happened. So. So I see you've got your your prediction predictive finish. Uh, you've done your homework. Uh, let 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 the fans, let the folks hear what you have to say, uh, my friend UGA grad Daniel Allen, about the uh, SEC East and West this year. Okay, and disclaimer: I am a UGA grad. I am a UGA fan. I what I am not, in my opinion, and you can you can you know tell me if this is true or not. I am not a a homer. I'm not. I don't. Wear red and black glasses. Six, six, seven years of friendship. You were not a homer. Uh, Don't believe I'm a homer. The only thing you do poke fun at me for is being from Florida and wearing jorts. So I I think. And uh, I've never seen you in jorts. So yeah, yeah. So with that said, I have to put that disclaimer out here because I'll start. I'll start in the East. I do have Georgia winning the East, which. And on paper, I think they should. I think the talent that they have and the defense coming back you know we returned 10 starters on d and and offensively you know offensive line i would think has to improve but if you look at the rest of the teams in the east as far as potential i i to me georgia should win the east which it should have won the east several times in the last five six years and didn't but to me georgia gonna win the east so we've got georgia winning the east no homer how about the west Where's your pick? Well, <laughs> I I honestly, as much as I talk about Bama being a shoe in or everything, I really went back and forth between Bama or Auburn on this one. Um, but the difference to me, it just came down to 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 coaching and 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 I'm going with Saban. I've got Auburn number two, LSU number three, Arkansas, Mississippi State, A and M way down there, Ole Miss. Um, getting back to the East, one thing I've got Florida second, but I think. The, the team that I think is going to rise up the ranks a bit is I do think I have South Carolina finishing third over Tennessee. Tennessee, I have fourth. But I think South Carolina will rise up and, and get to the at least the upper half in the SEC East this year. But, yeah, so, yeah, Alabama over Georgia. Um, that's that's my prediction. Um, I The thing about Georgia, you know, it could be I could see – Eleven and one is possible. Ten and two is possible, but seven and five is equally possible. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to roll the dice and say this is the year that they they finally do get back, put it all together. And and typically, second year head coaches have had a lot of success and seen a lot of improvement from the first year. You know, Urban won a championship at Florida in his second year. Um, Pete Carroll did some great things in his second year. Just historically, second year coaches have 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 seen a lot of improvement. So I'm also going with that. I don't think it'll be enough to beat Alabama. 
but uh, I, do, I, do, I do think they'll at least be in the game. So, Good deal. Um, there you have it. And, and I will go ahead and give you my quick rundown. I like the and, – and I am from the state of Florida, and I am a Gator hater. Uh, and so this pick hurts me. I do like the Florida Gators to win the SEC East for the third consecutive time. Uh, I think Georgia will do what Georgia does. And they will end up uh, uh, losing a couple of games. They should. They have no business losing. They end up number two, uh, followed by the three-star general in Tennessee, number three, South Carolina, Vandy, Missouri, and Kentucky to close out the East. And then I like. I am going to uh, take Auburn in their fast-paced offense. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a buyer on Stidham, and uh, they will beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Uh, for the title of the West will be Auburn, Alabama, uh, LSU, uh, give or take uh, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and I'm putting Texas A&M at the bottom. I've got Auburn and Florida in the SEC title game. The national champion will not come from the SEC this year, but Auburn will win that game. Uh, War Eagle or Auburn Tiger or whatever you are, you'll never hear me say that again (laughs) because I don't like you. Okay, this is just a pick based on uh, on, on what how I feel it's gonna the 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 uh, the, the cards will fall. So, uh, looking forward to an exciting SEC season. Whether or not you think the SEC is the greatest conference in sliced bread, which I know most of you SEC homers do, or uh-huh. or whether you're an ACC fan like myself, I'm just excited that we're within 30 days of college football and close. we really have uh, some great matchups. We're we're almost out of time on today's show, and so we won't get to our our AFC East uh, uh, rundown. But I, we did have a wild card topic. I kind of I, mm-hmm. and we probably got about three minutes left. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie. Kai Kai. Oh, not happy. Not happy at home. <laughs> not happy. Uh, he, he he. You know he he's he's kind. Of, it's like the prodigal son returned home. And and what happened to me? I'm Kyrie. You drafted me. Yeah. The, LeBron the prodigal comes home and and they throw a party. Well, he he gives them reason to throw a party. He brings them rings. So, uh, uh, Kyrie, yeah. man, I know you want to be the guy. When you were the guy, uh, what did Cleveland do? Yeah, yeah, not not a whole lot. I don't under I don't understand it. As Scotty Pippen said that that he supports him and he thinks that's the right decision that he should go off and do his own thing. Maybe it's just me. This there's different ways of looking at it. There's there's people that want to guys that want to be the star, make the money, be the the guy on the team, and then there's people that that enjoy collecting rings. So if it were me, Robert Ory. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So if it were me. Uh, I'd stick around. I think LeBron's gone after next year anyways, and then the team's yours. And so, yeah, I, I don't understand at all the, the reason. And I heard, and this might not be true, but that, that his preference would be to go to the New York Knicks. <clears throat> the New York Knicks. I'm sorry. I think there's something wrong with my microphone here. Uh, I thought you said the New York Knicks. That, 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 man, if you were wanting to leave LeBron in a guaranteed finals appearance and you would rather go play in Madison Square Garden with and compete for a the eighth spot in the playoffs and, and whatever goes on there, something, that's just not, I, that doesn't make any sense, Art. No, uh, maybe Kyrie's been in hitting, Uncle Drew. Yeah, uh, maybe he's been hitting the Reformation Brewery here in Woodstock, Georgia. I, I don't Ooh. know. 
I do understand um, egos, and I do understand wanting to be the man. He's obviously not a role player like us, uh, you know, us two. Um, he, he wants to be the man, and he needs somebody to do the blocking and tackling or, or set screens and do the rebounding, as it may be in basketball for him. Kyrie to San Antonio, does that work? Uh, that the problem with Ky- the, But the problem with Kyrie, in my opinion, he's a guy who had, that needs to have the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah. And I, I, as I watched a lot of the um, Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, LeBron had the ball in his hand a lot of times and taking the ball away from Kyrie. So I, maybe I do understand some of his frustration. Uh, at some point, I, I think we all, we all tell we're all told that we have to get along in the sandbox. We have to learn when we become adults. We have to play together because we're going to work with people we don't like. I don't think that uh, Kyrie really enjoys working with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my opinion, and, and he seem that way he, now, he wants out, and I I don't know if that relationship, if Kyrie sticks around this season, if they don't trade him here in the off season, uh, you know we've got preseason coming up here in basketball probably within 45, 60 days. That's that locker room's probably an uncomfortable place. It is, and they haven't. It's kind of in a in a purgatory here because LeBron. You don't know if he's going to stay or go. Most people seem to think he's going to leave, and they haven't really done. I don't think they even have a general manager still at this point. After finding their gen, general manager earlier in the or after the season, which LeBron wasn't happy about, but they and they really haven't gone out. They said LeBron hasn't really been recruiting anybody. They really haven't gone out and and from the looks of it, tried to improve their roster all that much. Maybe he's upset about that. Maybe I, I, you know, who knows? But things are not, uh, not all flowers and roses in in Cleveland right now. It doesn't seem. Well, too bad, so sad. Cleveland Cavaliers. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, you got your ring. Be happy. You got your couple rings. Hey, we're out of time, Daniel. I, I tell you what, I have had this is more fun than I'd imagine. Uh, hanging out just once again to all our listeners go follow us at the role players one that's t-h-e-r-o-l-e-p-l-a-y-e-r-s one we're we're looking to get to 10 followers before christmas so uh, it is today is august 3rd by the time the national uh college football uh, pairings are out and and games are being played we want to have up to 10 followers on twitter so help help double digits and hey if if you become our 10th follower we will retweet you. We will retweat you. It doesn't even matter what it is. We, it, it could be, you know, you you talking about uh, your lunch or, or a cup of coffee. We will retweet it. Um, we will help you to boost your your social media presence <laughs> if you can. <laughs> just go on there and hit follow. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take long. It doesn't it, and it won't hurt you. And we will guarantee to uh, put us bring a smile to your face. All right. Yeah, I can't guarantee that. Well, I, I will make guarantees. We, <laughs> and if we don't, we'll have a, a group hug once again. Uh, we'll segment. post funny cat pictures. Absolutely. Well, I don't like cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get followers. Uh, we we got to get out of here. We will be back. Our, our goal, guys, just so you know, is is a weekly podcast uh, mm-hmm. on, on sports, college, NFL, uh, college football, NFL, NBA, college basketball. Uh, golf, as we see fit. Uh, maybe, some, maybe I'll get a chance to mix in some baseball. And, uh, we'll that would be a very one-sided discussion. One-sided here. discussion. That'll be a, the uh, the Art Mosley monologue. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> y'all have a great evening, afternoon, morning, wherever it may be, whatever time you may be. Stay safe. And remember, our opinions don't necessarily matter. Don't matter, but listen to them anyway. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good evening.